on the laws of Esroig and Lulav. Okay, let's see how far we'll get. I don't know if we'll get through all of it. We'll just do the best that we can. Okay, mitzvahs, Esroig, Tzarek, Lachzor, Olav, B'yoyser, Sheyiye, Chodor. The first thing is, mitzvahs, Esroig, it should be Chodor. Beautiful. Now, the Af, the Av Shehik Pida Hatara Bukhol Ho Arba Minim Shetrich Mulio Sadar. Even the Pasuk only says, Lukak Mukhabi Amorishan pre eight Hodar. The word Hodar is only used in the Torah reference to the Esrog. Pre eight, though, it's a fruit, the Tam eight, Tam Periyak Tam eight. It's a fruit that the bark or the, the peel is the same as, as the fruit. What that means exactly? No, maybe it means that it may be, I don't know. I really don't know what it means. I don't know. Well, maybe it means yes. This is the Mate Ephraim. The Mate Ephraim has three parts: Rashani Yom Kippur, Sukkis, and the laws of Kaddish. Okay, there are three different sections. I have here the best edition that was ever published of the Mate Ephraim. Okay, it came out last year. This edition by Oz Vahadar, it's completely retypeset. It's really <coughs> he lived Ephraim Argolios. When did he live? Probably two hundred years ago. I don't know. And then they have added in this edition they have there were two it seems that there were two Sepharim that were added. There were two two this was extremely popular safer, and there were two uh, Rabbanim who added their own Addendum, own supplementary material to the Mate Ephraim. One called the Elef Lamate, and one was the Elef Hamogin. One was the Chasidisha, and one was the Litvisha. And uh, they became popular that their, their comments were added to the bottom of the Mate Ephraim. And in this edition, he went even further by adding the Piske Mishnah Brewer and the Piske Harav. This edition is really a, a, a fantastic. Fantastic edition of the Mati Ephraim. That sounds like total confusion. What? That sounds like total confusion. Total? No, a lot of, not, it's not no, a... You have so many editions. They don't, they don't disagree. They're different, different uh, insights. Different. The Mati Ephraim, see, the Mati Ephraim is, is a lot, lot more elaborate than the Kittish Shulchan Aruch. It's, I mean, much more elaborate. And, but yet it's not as complex as learning it straight from Shulchan Aruch. You learn Shulchan Aruch, you learn Vagin Avram. And you learn, you learn the the nice Caleb. It's 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 um, it can be very co- complex. So here you put it together in a very nice. It's a it's a balance where the, the average man can uh, has what to get. Aruch is more complex. Aruch is more. It's readable. It goes straight. It's like it's a shulchan, but it's much much more elaborate. Chay Adam is shorter. Is much shorter. It's different. It's more. There's more musr in the Chay Adam. It's more. It's not just halacha. There's more. Um, there's more musr. This also has a lot of musr in the Mate Ephraim. All right. Let's just see how far we can get today. Let's start with Esther. Even though the Torah is only says, only says the word Chodor in reference to the Esrog. So here is his first Yisoyed Mikol Mokoyim Be'esroig Tzarech Ledaktek Bo'y Harbe. So the truth is, all of us, he actually brings that over here, the Elifamata, is that the word Chodor, Chazal interpret the word Chodor in reference to all of the four meaning. You have to be medactic to purchase a lulav that is Chodor.
Ahadasim that are Hodar. Aravos that are Hodar. It's not just the only thing that counts is the Esrim. Everything else, eh, just pick off the $2 on the street and don't even take a look at what you're buying. That's not true. Everything should be Hodar. However, the, from the four meaning, the one that gets the most scrutiny is the Esrim. So that's a balance. The word Hodar goes in all four. So make sure everything is Hodar. But go to the extra extra mile in regard to the esrog. That's the first yisoy. Become the esrog tsarich ledaktek bo harbe kihu nikra because that's what it explicitly says in the Torah pre-eitz hadar. L'chein nefar kol hahidur ho'ev shari shiyachol levakesh lechapes alav yichapes. You should seek out the vakesh alav the yikach yisoy b'shleimus hahidur to the perfection of beauty. You should be very careful. You should be an expert in all the halachas of buying a beautiful esrog. Halacha base. Hodar hamufchar bi esrog yesh bezesh shiva tenoyim. He has seven conditions for hodar. Number one, alef sheyeh hodar meod bitaro. The first thing is beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. What is beautiful for one person is not beautiful for someone else. That's the Metzius. And therefore the first thing you should do when you look at the edge is you should like what it looks like. It should not look strange, at least not in your eyes. Be, next, the Gidul Umareyu, and that includes the Gidul Umareyu, the way the, 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 its form and what it looks like. The Nakim Yishum Kesem Af Blatfleck. Even though it's not gvoa than other esrogim, than than other, and I'm not exactly sure what he means over here, but basically when it comes to spots, the general rule of thumb is a spot that's black or white is problematic. When you buy an esrog, the first rule over here is you take the esrog and you look at it with your arm an arm's distance. Don't look at the esrog like in all the pictures. Online and newspapers, they can be glasses with a microscope, right? And you're looking at it with a microscope. That's how they show it in all the pictures. Now, there's a reason why they do that. But halachalamaisa, the final, in the first inspection, is you take the estrogen and you hold it at arm's length. Arm's length. If you don't see a black dot and you don't see a white dot, you're in business. It's kosher. If you do see a dot, so first of all, the dots, which I'm going to go here in the halachas, the only thing that really counts is the top third. The top third is the part that's critical. That includes the part of the pitam. There should not be even one dot. If there's one dot, okay, I don't know what it's the halachas, but basically, there shouldn't be any, I don't remember the details, maybe we'll go through all the details, but there should not be any black or white dots. Brown dots are okay. Those are the, the reason why you see people with the, with, with the microscopes and the loops looking at the estrogen is because they're, they're, because they're trying to determine, they'll claim they have very poor eyesight, and by them, looking it like this is equivalent to looking at it at arm's length, which is nonsense. What they're really looking at is they want to determine is it a white dot or a black dot. These are all chorus. Is, is it a dot that can be removed? It's really the truth is it's very very hard. It's very hard to find an estrog that's puzzle. It's very very hard. 
almost every Yashrug is kosher. There's always what to rely upon. Ruba the Ruba. All of these things that people are looking at, all these, these dots and all these colors are all extreme, extreme chumas. Okay, like I say, Rav Big, I told you the story many times. Big says that he, they, they, they came, they came, they, he, they, had, they had lines around the entire block for him to inspect the Esrach. And he would ask, he looked at the Esrach and he would pass it and he would ask him, how much did he pay for this? So at the end of the day, he said, Apostle Esrach, I didn't see. A kosher dollar? I also didn't see it. <laughs> no, he used to, for, uh, what do you call it? A yeah. younger man. Yeah. He used to do, on your shveres, cheshben, you're buying the most mahut of the gas. Okay, let's go further. Ulam, the second line, Allah is Ulam al choytmoit sarach sheyeh naki meoid. On the choytem, which means the stem, the top third. The top third, you should look very carefully. There should not be any spots. Even a little dot the size of a needle. But again, that means from a distance. That does not mean when you're holding it to your eye. That means you have to hold it at a distance. If you do not see any dots at a distance, automatically that means, according to halacha, it is kosher. If it's a white or black dot. This, not everyone knows, that the dot hapitum. Okay, the very top of the pit, where the pit comes out, it's also that also that area also has to be clean, 100% that there are dots. A lot of the good Eshogim, you have problems when they have the pitums, the, the pitums, you'll find little dots on the top of that very small area. That has to be clean. Shuho eights, Shuhu Yoroik, it should be Yorok, which means either yellow or greenish yellow. Kigvan ho Eshog, it should be the same color as the Eshog ad hashashanta. The Shashanta means a little piece on the very, very top of the pitam. The pitam, they're, they're, the pitam has two parts. There's the woody part, and then on the top of the wood part, it, it sprouts. Mushroom. It mushrooms. So the mushroom is called the shashanta. She abelitas rabbis, another condition base. So the first condition over here, he says over here, is that it should be beautiful. And beautiful automatically means there should not be any spots. Not white, doesn't tell us the color. But we know, according to the Pisces, black and white, those two colors are problematic. Brown spots are generally not a problem. And but he talks about the blood fleck, which is the, it looks, it's like a woody part. The wood, that's, that's not white, that's more like the natural, that's, like, yeah. that's a natural type of spot. It should be, it should be the cleanest, without you that. Without that, it should be like atrila, clean as possible, <coughs> especially on the, on the top surface. Okay, next thing, base. An eshrig muhudur is an eshrig which has which has bumps. Below yecholak kitsurtin is a lemon. If it's flat like a lemon, if it's smooth like a lemon, that is a problem. A mila, the second mile is the more belitois, the more muhudur it is. Kimol mishuka. The ukit should be sunk inside. Some of the eshrigim you see that the ukit, the bottom part of the eshrig, comes out. It's, 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 it's pulled out, almost similar to the pitam on top. It should be sucked in. If the ukits, the bottom part, is sucked in to the bottom part of the eshrug, that is a third hidur in the tsura of the eshrug. What? So yeah, you look, yeah, again, the bottom part is sucked in. The bottom part of the eshuk should stick out on the bottom. Dalit. It should be tall. It should be. It should not be short and fat. 
It should be tall, tall and thin. Not round, like a ball, like a baseball or some type of pineapple. It's not like an apple. Not like an apple, it should be tall. It should be symmetrical. The pitum and the ukit should be sometimes have an estrog where the pitum is on one side and the ukit is on the other side. It should be symmetrical. And also, he holds as in Hidur that the sheshanta, the pitum, should be 100% complete. Which means sometimes the pitum, you have to look at all different types of pitums, is even the, the mushroom portion should be there ish beshlema. Sometimes they fall off, so they tell you that's how it grew. You have to leave them. There are certain experts that can tell through a microscope if it fell off or if that's the way it grew. So this is something which you should be careful. Of course, if you have an eshek which has a full pitam and not just the pitam but the shashanta, the mushroom part of the pitam also was dear bishlemus. This is a hidur. That it should be fully ripe. Okay, this is something which we're not familiar with, but it should be full of something by an They're not ripe. They're not ripe. They're green. Or even if it's a color, but even in this, the experts are more, I don't think it's really shaykh, but we, we are familiar with this. And the problem I used say is that it, it's not even developed. It seems like this was a bigger problem in earlier times where they bring the asher to market where besides it being green, it's just not a developed asher. Sometimes you see, sometimes you can tell. You can see like an asher. Because it's a very it's a year. It's late year. It's late year. But, but, but... No, but the Esraigim keep on. So you have to know what that means exactly from year to year. But it should be, it yeah, should be a mature. It should be fully ripened. The experts know about this. They they can show. You can see sometimes you go. You have a two. They they have these demonstrations. They show you an eshek which is not ripe. It looks like a, like like almost like a, a grapefruit. So you have a grapefruit that's not ripe. It's like an estrogen, it also has a certain discoloration. The texture is not the same, which means it's not ripe. Are you saying stay away from the green ones? No, the, no, the, the green, green ones, ones you could make if it's too green, put the apples if it's too green, it's, dam- it's no good. If it's too green, it means that's not ripe. And it's going to talk about that. If it's beware of buying an estrogen that's too yellow. Because if it's too yellow, which it means it's overripe, and it's brown. very likely that over chalamot it's going to turn brown. I always personally like ones that are like a little tinge of green stuff. So a, little, a little tinge of green that means it's yet to ripen and over cholamoid over cholamoid it will be good. It's 100% not ripe. And this is not really a problem among us because everything is marketed, everything is taken care of for us. But if it's not even ripe, it's not even royal achila, we don't eat them, then it's not called a fruit. It may not be grafted. That's why today the hechsher, all of the hechsher, every single message you go and see there's a hechsher, the badats, chazenish, from, I don't know, there's so many heads, the big, big business today, who gives the hechsher on the esrog? What is the hechsher for? For Namazayin. It's all about the guarantee that it's not the work of, it's not been grafted. Because this appears to be, so they, they, they have a chazaka, they have a tradition, they're always held with the seeds. The seeds have to line up, I think, vertically. The seeds have to line up with, with the... Uh, the length of the estrog top to bottom if the seeds in are one in one row and if the seeds are uh, 
a horizontal, you know you're in trouble. And also, there's a simon if the thickness of the skin, if the, thi- the skin is too thin, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. It was years ago with the Moroccan estrogen, so people would claim they're getting a yana the estrogen, which is a big miyuchas, and it was a fraud. Because the truth was, these Moroccan estrogen were just the opposite. These were grafted estrogen, and the seeds, it was proven the seeds were the wrong way, and so on and so forth. So there are Simona Mufakim. The experts know about the Simona Mufakim to determine that the asterisk has not been grafted at all. Again, the thickness of the skin, the texture of the skin, the way the seeds line up, and the seeds are lined up in rows, they're not scattered. There are other telltale, telltale Simonim to determine that it's not been grafted yet. What about uh, a, a smooth or a wrinkle? In other words, you have like, uh, in other words, smooth means. You can see it. No, no. no, so it said that's no good. That's what it no, says. Smooth is no good. Belitois. Belitois, the more belitois, the better. The more. No, no, it's not minig. This, this is, this is called a hadar. This is determine what it means. Hadar. Pre eats hadar. It does not say in the Torah anywhere the word esrog. It's tradition. It's mesorah. That when it says in the Torah pre eats hadar. It is the Esrog. And the beauty of an Esrog has been defined by Chazal with these seven simonim. Yeah. Oh, it's tradition. Chazal, I don't, I, I don't care you a source, but these... No, I didn't know the seeds are lined up. You cut open. You cut open. No, they're not going to let you cut open. No, but it means from this, you, that's what you trust them. It means from this, from this, from this, uh, uh, from this tree, from this area, they, they cut open. And they know that, that this is proven to be uh, bona fide. Uh, Let's take a sample. And that's why you have a heksha. The heksha they're giving you on the estrog is only for Zion. It's coming to tell you that this is a miyuchas. The heksha is not telling you that there are no dots. Not telling you that the pitam didn't, didn't, didn't no, 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 go with the pitam. Yeah. When they sell the sealed boxes, okay, the sealed boxes. Those have a hex, those mean that they're kosher. They, well, it depends where you get them. Like some, some used to be. I remember when I was in Chaimbon, so they, they experimented a couple of years where they're going to charge everyone the same whatever price, and and they're going to have people going to inspect all the hesrogen and they're going to stamp it, and it means it's kosher, and no one should go spend. No one should be they do that in some places. In some places they still do that. In some shuls they do that. They do that. And the Rav, the Rav inspects all of the estrogen and they, they, they put a stamp on it and this is kosher, there's one price and there's no competition and you get whatever you get. That's a different story. I'm talking about you go, in, you go out into the store, you go out on Avenue J, you go out into the store and they go and tell you this heksha has a heksha, whatever, from badats. The heksha only means that it's not grafted. It does not mean that it's a kosher heksha. If you, you have to trust that the heksha is legitimate. But the derech today, the heksha does not mean that if you have an heksha, does have a pitam. Oh, it means that the heksha means that the heksha grew without a pitam. And that this big black spot on the top of the heksha, it doesn't mean anything. That's not what the heksha means. The heksha just means that it's not been grafted. This is a very big issue. That's one of the big, that's why people, they like to buy the yanava because people suspect even the heshrogim in Eretz Yisrael, who says that these heshrogim are pure, are pure heshrogim. Maybe these Estrogen have been grafted because an estrogen is a very delicate fruit mm-hmm. and it needs chizuk. It needs some, its DNA needs chizuk. And if you don't have the perfect condition, it's not going to grow well. And over the, over the years of godless, there have been many situations where people have tried to be mechazek 
the estrogen by injecting it with, grafting with other fruits in order to strengthen its DNA. And that does not necessarily mean it's possible. See, that's the whole thing. Because as long as it's not rough, as long as it's not the majority, just because an estrogen has been grafted does not necessarily mean it's possible, but it's problematic. And Can it be a hybrid at all? Hybrid. It, it, there are shidas that it says it can be a hybrid. It can be, as long as, as long as but it has to be done, I don't know the details, as long as it's done a certain way, and the majority can of the estrogen... Uh, Does it work? They, I'm sure they've tried. They've tried everything. I, I don't. But that's the yichos. That's <laughs> why <laughs> not all most erythritol do not have a bit That is why. That is why people today they'll spend. They go. They, uh, they go. They buy yanova estrogen because there is a tradition that the yanova estrogen they have better yichos. They are. Chabad, they say that uh, when Rabbeinu Shlaim taught Moshe Rabbeinu, yeah, uh, he, he showed him an Yanov. He took him with Anani, a covered to Yanov, and he showed him this is the answer. Okay, then there are Estrogen from Morocco. There are Estrogen. They make Estrogen in Florida. There are Estrogen in Arizona. Arizona, very good. Arizona, Arizona nice and dry. Love him. Only love him. Love him. And California. California. I know someone that used to was in the business of a California estrogen. They were very good. Very nice estrogen. And um, in the Shemitah year, then, then they, really do, they really do good business. So they come. The majority has to be an estrogen, not a lemon. I don't know. There, there are techniques where, well, according to halacha, where they're grafted in a certain, in a certain way, where the grafting is done just to be mechazek the estrog, not to change the nature of the estrog. Then it can be kosher. But even that's not a hider to have an estrog that's 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 fifty fifty, that's forty nine fifty. I don't know. But that's the big. That's the big thing. The big, the big, the big mifunakim in Esrogim are into the yichus of the Esrog. The chazonish. Yeah. If it was good enough for the chazonish, so it's good enough for me. So, the chaz, so from the chazonish's Esrog, they took his Esrog and they made out of his Esrog, the whole Eretz Yisrael now has chazonish's Esrog. No, no, what happened was the chazonish gave for Reb Michal Yehuda Yeah, Leshkowitz, a tree. No, he gave him his, his Esrog. His esrog. You planted God Parnassa your whole life. He said that will be your Parnassa. And when he was nifted, it, it, it dried up. Died. It dried up. The whole thing died, but right? From that tree, they took others. They took others, and they all over Eretz shawl. <laughs> and that's why it's very popular. Probably 90% of the Esrogim you're going to see today, it says Chazoin Ish. What does it mean, Chazoin Ish? It means that 60 years ago, the Chazoin Ish had an Esrog, which the Chazoin Ish, he had it, whatever it was, he had an Esrog, which he researched, and he was confident that the yichus of the esrog was authentic, was authentic, and he shook, he made a bracha, and he shook it, and when Sukkis was over, they took that esrog, and they made, they planted it, they let it turn into a, uh, they, they, they planted it, and it turned into a tree, and from that tree into another tree, and that tree to another tree, and now we have an Eretz Yisrael, you have, you have, Pardesim, all over Eretz which came from that esrog, which the Chazonish used, or from that same original orchard, where the Chazonish took from, and from there it proliferated, proliferated, Orchards all over areas Yisrael, and everyone is confident if it was good enough for the Chazonish, it's certainly good enough for me. But that's not the only Esrogim. There are other Esrogim which the Chazonish had never touched, never, never made a bracha on, which came from other parts of the world, and there were other Gedele Yisrael that were confident that these were authentic Esrogim, and from those Esrogim, different people they expanded upon and they 
they proliferated them, they, they produced them, and that's what we have today. Okay, let's go further. So therefore, these are the seven economic differences. Take this with you. These are very good, very nice Chazara. These are the seven economic... Also, the only thing he does not mention over here is a Gartel. Some Hasidim. They, this is a Hasidim Shemenuk. He's a Litvak who wrote the Matei Farm Agolis. They like, some people like where it's sunk in the middle. With Hourglass, okay? So the center of the Esrog is, that's called a Gartel. That's something that is preferred by Hasidim. Why? The green ones, there's some reason that is considered to be a hitter. Where it, 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 I don't know why, but that's whatever it is. Another thing, what? It does look better? Well, it's, uh, that's the way I wish my father would have it. Gartel. It's called the Gartel. It's another thing that he does not mention in the Matei Ephraim is that the Belita should be Shurois, Shurois. The only thing the Matei Ephraim mentions is Belitois, that it should have bumps. And the bumps doesn't say just should not be smooth. If it's smooth, it doesn't mean that it's suspect that it's not a miyuchas. You'll go. I'll show you on the street hundreds, if not thousands, of chazonish esrogim that are smooth like a lemon. They're all over the place. So they're they're kosher. They're kosher. They're not nechuder. The next level is you go these beautiful esrogim which have beautiful belitois, but they're not in shurois. They're not in rows. I do not know why, but it appears that some have a minuk, it does not mention this over here, is that an additional hither in the Belitois yeah. is it should be shurois, shurois, in rose. Okay, but the most important thing that it should be kosher is what the E7, these are the seventy karm, and also it should be beautiful in your eyes. Beauty is in the eye of the behold, so let's maybe review very quickly. The first thing over here is that it should be, it should be beautiful. And it being beautiful, meaning it means there should be no spots, especially along the top third of the estrog, it should be clean as possible and clean, cleanliness black and white are no-nos make sure no black and white white you're not going to really find very much it's very very weird to find white black is the problem black it has to be determined is it really black or is it really brown and even if, it, if it's brown then it's not a problem and even if and then when other types of spots are bledloch what do they call they call bledloch and that means is that, is that, that a leaf like a wood like a, it looks like a woody piece of the thing when, when, when a leaf when a leaf touches it as it grows so it causes a certain texture which has a different, a different color that's not a spot that is generally okay so you basically, you have to, it has to be perfectly clean. Now below, if I'm not mistaken, there's not allowed to be any spots on the top. Below the center, you're not allowed to have three spots in one shot. Below the top third, the bottom two thirds, it could have spots, but it should not have more than three spots when you hold it at an arm's length in one shot. In other words, you could have a lot of spots all around the estrogen. But when you hold the, you only when you look at it, you only can see a certain you only can see a certain section. So every time you look at it, you should not be able to see three spots. Again, the goal is look at it at a distance. If you don't see anything, it's okay. Then when you look at it very very closely, you're dealing. If you don't see any spots, these are extra hidurim. It's very rare to find an estra that's completely clean from anything whatsoever. With no, not even a microscopic spot, and those that struggle can go for easily four or five hundred dollars, if not even more. And they have other hidum, it's a nice giddle and it's beautiful, that is all extra. Again, the other, the other thing is to be symmetrical, pitam, okay, should be symmetrical, the okay should be sunk in. A lot of struggle, it's not like that. They come out, they, ba- they come out on the bottom, and again, the bleatois, it should, should, be, it should be tall, not round. 
and it should be royal achila that we mention, and it should not be muruk. Halacha gimel ikam mare ha eshuk shein kulkulu mare gel gel is yellow. Yellow oidoimu legel the boifin zenikro hodor v'loy beinin kesha kesha shayvam mamish, and not where it's I don't know what is the shava mamish. What does that mean? V'loy kesha wax, which is what color? Yellowish. So it's a different type of yellow. The eshuk hamenumar b'shnayim u'shosh mukamis b'mare pastel. It's menumar if it's spotted. Now what does it mean spotted? Which means the different colors. Pasul a niklaf b'shnayim u'shosh mukamis menasim menumar pasul m'shum hodar pasul m'chol shiva. Okay, I don't. I'm not exactly sure all the different details of the esrogim, but but if it's menumar, if it's spotted, it looks. It doesn't look right. You know, you got a problem. Dal eshek hashachar black. We don't really have these problems. They black eshek eleven over its white. Lo nikra hadu pasul kol shivim kubu makam echad pasul berubai avlu mamuta kashivim kubu shemesh mukamas pasul afin mamutai. Okay, it should not be black. Should not be white. You're not going to find this today in the market. Umechatmai ve'elich pasul bechol shul. We mentioned before black spots. Here's really the black. Okay, the black spots. They were this is no game. The black spots from the chaytim ulamala kol shul is pasul. V'davka kishnir lecholadam. It has to be near the cholod ba'avul menirid la'ayin rak ayidei in the staklus in zenikra kol shuhu. If the only time you can see the black dot is by putting it close to your eye with a microscope, a magnifying glass, that is not in halacha a problem. Levatul b'miutay kuman the lesshu be'in the paisel alfilu b'chaytim. Even the black spot on the chaytim on the top, it is not a problem if you only can see it with a with a magnifying glass. Vimu kamare brown. Ain't klipas ha armoinim like the shell of of, of an armoinim. I'm not sure what that is. Oi kamashke coffee. Kavek tea. Oi loy havi mar pasul v'kasha. Brown is not a problem. Avul im amoy kamare brown. But if it's a deep brown, harba yeshlufsa denoite l'shachar a very dark brown which looks like black. Then v'shachar pasul. Like we mentioned before, black spots are the only things which are problematic and white as well. V'shachar v'lavon lavdavko du hadin maros acheros shein mimin mimari eshag al kol psulim. Black, white, or any other color is problem. Brown is not a problem, and a leaf mark is also not a problem. Eshag shuhu mari odoim red. Imhu odoim ketsas the zenoit lamari eshag kosher. If it's a reddish green, reddish yellow, it's kosher. Avol boedim adminus. It's a type of red which is, has a shade of black. This is the name of the Sefer. If it's too green, if it's very, very green, then it is... If it's too green, it means that it's not been ripened. But let's say it's a greenish yellow. If it's green, turning yellow, then it is okay. Some prefer, some like that light, that very light green with a little yellow tinge. Some really like that. That that whole that's that's the real color. Green, green If it's a very th- th- deep green, it's definitely possible. Okay, next. The eshuk hayorok mamish. If it's green, ma- is a what? Is a chestnut. chestnut. So chestnuts, I guess, are brown. So that's what it says. Eshuk hayorok maat shadia maat an eshuk which is which is yorok maat. It's a little green. It has dull. The greenness has dull. Me isve has sode kosher. The mistome nigmar piria. Ulechatil yeshlach meshol likach eshreig hayorak afa anshenigmar piria. Vahischel bimnes loshuv lamari eshreig. Lechatil green is not the right color. 
even though you know that it eventually will turn yellow. They say the trick is if you have a green asher, you put in a paper bag with an apple. Anyone ever do this? They claim, or a banana, you put in a paper bag, just a paper bag with nothing else. Does it work? It makes it yellow. A person should purchase it. You have to own it. You're not allowed to use your miser money to purchase an esro. An esro must come from your hard, from your hard earned money. To go buy seal boxes. What? That's a very big shayla. It's a very big shayla if you can if you can use your miser money for things other than other than uh, than than poor people. To use miser money to give it for 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 aniyim. Uh, so doing it for the tzarche mitzvah, the big shilas. Remember, we discussed we're using it for a sefer Torah. You want to go write it for a sefer Torah? I guess it would fall in that category. A person who cannot afford to buy an esrog, and you are giving your meiser money to purchase an esrog for a person who cannot afford. Can that be a fulfillment of your meiser money? I believe that it's a machlekes apayiskim. Some say yes, some say no. It's still not the right use of stocker money. Stock money has to go for food to support the need, not not mitzvahs. It has to be for the for the material needs of a poor person. Cannot go to purchase objects of mitzvah. For mitzvah, he can use your. You can borrow someone else's esrog in the love. So it's not cannot necessarily be be a fulfillment of your meiser money. If the synagogue is running selling esrog as a fundraiser. Yes. Can you use your meiser? It says no. It says here no. It's, it's, it's good for the shul. You're helping out the shul, but it can, you cannot use your tzedakah money because it's a mitzvah. You're purchasing the esrog for a mitzvah. And for a mitzvah, that is not a fulfillment of maizah. Maizah is everything above a mitzvah. That's what it says here. Now he brings up... No, that's, that's different. Giving money for, for supporting Torah... Is is also questionable if that's called tuition. Is a very big question if you miser money at, for, 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 for Torah, not necessarily. Stalker is to support poor people. Miser money is to support poor people. People that don't have what to eat. The, the yeshiva has a scholarship fund for poor people. This is an old question, and there are different opinions. Some say yes, some say no. That's that's all I all I know. I think it's a Ramah, some achlekes the Ramah and um, other poskim. I once went to a shear and and the, and, and the, the raskana was the, there is no answer. It's machlekes the poskim. If a person can afford to uh, that it should that he should not have to use his mice money to pay tuition and to uh, give donations to his shuls and yeshivas, then he should then he should be machner. If he can't afford. If you're very, you're very tight. Some people feel they're on the other end. They're, they they need someone to support them. They need to take tzedakah. So then, obviously, you can rely upon that opinion that it's sufficient. Okay, here he writes his last things and come when it becomes a business. You buy seal boxes. Basically, you're gambling. 
The Meicher and the Koiner are gambling. Well, Koyu Lepamim Yalla Biyad Koiner Eshrog Yafem Oiv Koiner Samech and the buyer is happy. The Meicher Asim and the seller and the buyer and the Meicher is sad. Or Lepamim Lehapach Yesh Bezaharbe Chashashosh. So there are different, different. There are different, different opinions. Maybe it's a Mekachtos that you never meant to sell such a good Eshrog. Or Lechin Yarchik Esatzim and Yinzeh VeYikne Davka Mashein of Ruos VeKoydim Kol Tzrichim Lashgech Im Ein Boy Shum Chashashu Pikbok Al Kol Ikor VeNaki Mikol. You should know exactly what you're buying, and you should make sure the ikarma there and after you know that it's a kosher estrog. Then you can start looking into hidurim if it's worth to pay the extra price for the additional hidurim. I once had this following child. I once bought an estrog. It's very interesting shaila. Not a shaila. It's interesting. I once bought erev erev sukkis. I went out. I was in Borough Park on 16th Avenue, and they were selling a srogim. And I passed by a table, and I saw a really nice esrog, a really nice esrog. I picked it up, and how much is this esrog? So he told me thirty-five, forty dollars, and I bought it. I bought it thirty-five, forty dollars. And the boycher said to me, you know, that this esrog yesterday was two hundred dollars. And I said, yeah. And now, no, they're not going to go down. If you go today, then they will not go down lower than that's too. Every year they raise the price. There's a set rule among all the boycher. Erev Erev Sukkis, Erev Sukkis, they will not go down lower than thirty-five. They're not. The the, the 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 good stuff, the good stuff. You want to go buy the the really rock bottom, that you'll get for five dollars, get for a dollar, five minutes before Yamtiv. But something that's really a hundred dollar estrog, you can get for thirty-five dollars if you're lucky. Erev Yamtiv, a hundred dollar estrog today, you're not going to get for less than thirty-five dollars. They will throw it in the garbage. They will lock it up. That's the minuk hamoychem. I know. I know this from from people in the business. And when you'll go out in the street five minutes before yomtiv, and they're selling yesterday for five dollars, the ones they're selling for five dollars are something you can't even buy today because the quality is so low or it's so poor. They're not even going to bother putting it out today. Today they're only going to go put out today a six. The lowest thing you'll buy today is a fifty dollar estrog, a six dollar estrog. Well, they're not going to put out that that stuff. They're saving for the very very end. Okay, so I bought this estrog for about forty dollars. And he told me that yesterday it was two hundred dollars, and and uh, fine. I was very happy. <laughs> I was very happy. I then take I then take now this person. I know the person. I know the person. I, I, I later since the story happened, I, I got to know who the people are in the business. So the next day I come to shul, and in the shul was one of this person's partners, who's a very big mumche, tremendous mumche in esrogim. He looks at the he look, he look at any Esher and he can tell you instantly where it came from and how much it should cost and, and he can tell you Paskin the Hidur. This person, he knows his stuff inside out. He looks at the Esher and he says, where did you get this Esher? This is one of my Esherogim from my... And he says, oh, and you probably got it. This is, this, this is $200 Esher. And how, you, you paid? I said, no, I got Erev Yom. I said, oh, okay. okay. So then he says to me, you know that the Meicher, he lost money on this. Because he paid for this esrog, he told me, I don't remember, he told me $60. 60, he, he paid himself to import this esrog, 60 something dollars, and he tries to sell it for $200. <coughs> and the very last day, so he cuts his losses, and he sells it market rate, he sells it whatever, $30, $40. So you should know that he lost money on this esrog. But anyway, you know, he made a lot of money over the season because he does this, but he lost money. And then he says to me, that's how you do a mitzvah. Now, he's the moicher, so you have to understand something. That's how you do a mitzvah. You are being the kayim, your mitzvah, a mitzvah that's chaviv ad ma'od, an esrog, 
by taking advantage of a person who suffered a loss on the estrog. This person, this person, he paid to import this estrog $60. He knows this as a fact. And I only paid $40. So he lost $20. And I'm being nene at someone else's expense. I'm being mekayim my mitzvah, making a bracha. And all of the Kabbalistic... Yeah, but that's yeah, not fair because... The beginning yeah, right, right. So he made me feel bad. He really made me feel bad. So I went to a dayan. I have on my block a dayan. A dayan. A very, very big Talmachacha. And I told him the whole story. And he's laughing his head off. He says to me, this is such nonsense that he made you feel bad. He says, you bought the estrog. He suffered a loss. First of all, he didn't suffer a loss. Because he sells hundreds of estrog. Hundreds. So it's all part of the big calculation. He knows in advance he's going to have a couple of leftover estrog. And he wants to go make you feel guilty that for this particular estrog, he paid $60. And he was expecting to sell for $200. And I bought it for $40. And I took advantage. And I'm being Makai in my mitzvah by causing someone else a $20 loss. He says... Did you know about it? I didn't know. Even if I know about the Chathila. So he, he, he was just says, it's total nonsense. Total nonsense that you should feel bad. You got a good deal. You got a beautiful asterisk for $40. You should, you should feel good. And there's absolutely, he convinced me, there's absolutely no room for even a mashu of guilt. A mashu of guilt in what I did and what has transpired. But the other person is a very old person. I know the person all, all the years. He's a good person. He's a Rebbe. This is his Parnassah. He doesn't make enough to live off from, what he, from teaching. And this is a nice supplement to his Parnassah. He's a very big Talmud Chacham. And he told me very sincere. And it wasn't him. It was his partner. He, he, he's, he's a partner with this one. And he saw the asterisk. And he says, that's just not the way you do a mitzvah. The way you do a mitzvah is you pay for the mitzvah. And you don't go take advantage of someone else's mitzvah. You didn't take advantage to begin with the I know, I know. I just want to present to you the two sides. Each one, each of these two people that I spoke to, one is really no Gabadavar. It wasn't really him. I was his partner. Okay, it was his partner. You're talking about the guy taking the $330 advantage. 330 percent advantage. Well, that's the business. That's the markup. But that's the market. If the market is willing to pay, that's the market. This is the mitzvah. I don't have to buy a 200 dollar estrog. You can go buy. You can buy an estrog. If I buy an estrog, I'm not going to go buy more than than seven, the most 70, 60, 7 dollars, whatever. I'm not going to go. I'm I'm average. I'm 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 from the real middle, the middle of the road. I got I got I got a great deal. It was Erev Whatever the story was. So I just want to present to you. I found it very, very interesting. I'm dealing with two people that I fully trust for everything in my life. These are two very, in my he, opinion... He is still in the Gabadover. But he's no game, nothing. It makes no difference. He's in okay, the you're right. He's partial because that's his business. That's his business. It's true. It's his business. Maybe he's frustrated. He loses money every yomtiv. I don't know. But he. But but to me, I just want to present to you. I'm dealing here with two people that I have full confidence in. They're two very very good people, and this is the story. And they both look at this situation very differently, very differently. It's just very interesting to me. Would I do it again? Definitely. <laughs> what? No! No, if it wasn't, maybe someone else. So if you buy a sukkah yeah. and the guy says, I'm getting ready for $200 and it costs them $300, you're supposed to know? Well, that's the same way. 
Oh, exactly. It's the same idea. It's the same idea. But he's saying maybe maybe he feels Eshug is a little bit more different. You do see that. In, I don't know why it is like this, but Eshug is considered to be something chaviv. I don't know why it is. Why is an Eshug chaviv? People compare an Eshug to a shidduch. When it comes to shidduch and people are baidik, this is nitzchias. It's nitzchias. I don't know why it is, but it is. Eshug is a mitzvah pre-Eitz Hodor. There's something about Eshug which people take personally. They take it personally. Why? That's how the reality is. It's a story. It's two different opinions. I just want to share with you the hergish, the mindset of two different people. There's something to learn from each one of them. There's something to learn from. Where you find yourself, everyone is different. Everyone is different and it's just something interesting to learn from. Alright, we're going to stop over here. And what I'm going to do, we have something very interesting to talk about. Afterwards, what? Did you get a death stroke yet? Not yet.